Super excited that you're with us this weekend, and I hope that God has already blessed you through the course of our time of worshiping. And listen, I am just super excited about our upcoming PL40, 40 days of prayer and fasting as we move towards Easter. It's always a powerful time in the life of our church. We encourage you to be a part of it. And it's also always a special, powerful time in the life of my own family. Now, listen, during the course of this weekend's message, I'm going to offer a potential new approach that you may want to consider as we engage PF40 this weekend. So make sure you be listening uh, over the course of the message today. Also, if you are uh, brand new to the NBCC community, I want to encourage you to scan the QR code right here. Uh, wherever you are in the world, we would love to connect with you and get to know you. You can be a part of our ministry wherever you are in the world. And if you're in the local Bay Area and you want to visit with us, when you scan the QR code, it's going to take you to a widget on our website and you can Fill out that information and plan a visit to one of our local campuses. That's right. Uh, we'll connect with you. We'll be waiting for you when you arrive. And so can't wait. So make sure you check that out. It's, gonna be, it's an awesome way to experience NBCC locally. Now, one final thing. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, make sure you share the gathering with your family and friends. And you can also share the link to our website. Let's just take a few moments for prayer. God, it's a joy to be alive today, and it's a, even a greater joy, an equal joy, to be connected with so many people, both locally and across the country and across the world. Now, God, I ask that you would move supernaturally, bless in ways that only you can bless, heal and empower and enlighten, just do a wonder work in the lives of those who are listening through the teaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us as we're continuing uh, our teaching series called My Best Life. And I want to encourage you to go to our website. We've created a, a, a resource page. The uh, URL is right here on the screen. And on that resource page, we've put a variety of books and even some apps to help you to lean in uh, and practice a lot of what I've been teaching, which we've been learning from Jesus over the course of the last several weeks. This week, uh, this, in this message, I'm going to talk just a little bit about what I'm calling the Sabbath principle. And there's two books on that resource list that if, you're, if your interest is pricked by this message, you can lean into. Uh, one by uh, Priscilla Shears, the other one by um, uh, Dan Allender. And uh, excellent books as it relates to these are two Christian leaders uh, talking about adopting the Sabbath principle uh, and what a difference it would make in your life. All right, with that, uh, let's read our passage of Scripture. It comes from Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 24. Uh, Jesus, you might say, is, is hiking with his uh, disciples, and they pass through a grain field, and it's on the Sabbath day. And so let's, let's see what happens in this text. So one Sabbath day is Jesus was walking through some grain fields. His disciples begin breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees, who obviously were watching, said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? And of course, Jesus, in his own way, had to remind them that they had totally misunderstood the Sabbath law, which says there should be no work on the Sabbath. The whole point is no work 
but certainly you're free to enjoy God's creation and God's gift. And that's what his disciples were doing as they were passing through. They were enjoying God's gifts. They weren't working. And then he had to summarize it all uh, this way. In the next verse, he says this. uh, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of Sabbath. And I want you to keep this point in mind as I proceed with this teaching. Basically, what Jesus is saying is this. Listen, the Sabbath is given to humanity as a gift, not to enslave humanity to the requirements of Sabbath, the legal requirements of Sabbath, but rather when the Sabbath principle is internalized in practice, it doesn't enslave you. It literally sets you free. Can somebody shout freedom? Just type it in the chat, freedom. I'll come back to that in just a few moments. You know, I enjoy going to Starbucks from time to time. And I remember the very first time that I ever went to Starbucks. I was there at the counter and I ordered the coffee that I wanted. And the young lady on the other side of the counter, she asked, "Uh, do you want me to leave some room? I was completely unfamiliar with this language that I I was, I looked confused and I said, excuse me. She said, would you like for me to leave some room? And I said, leave room for what? She said, for cream. She said, we can either fill your cup full with coffee or we can leave enough room for you to pour some cream in it. You know, as I think about the hustle and bustle of life that we're tied to today in this 24-7 world, right, that Uh, We are completely connected to all of the time. It strikes me that perhaps we too are unfamiliar with the language of leaving room for cream in our lives, leaving room for margin for the good things in our lives. It it, it strikes me that I suspect some of you are listening to me right now. You're wondering, how do I leave? How do I get some more cream in my life? Some more time to to, to be... to play on the floor with my grandkids, some more time to to hang out with my beloved because it feels like our relationship is coming apart, some more time to go fishing or to paint or or to knit, to to do the things that are life-giving to me. How do I I live a life that that, that creates space for more, more cream? It is in that conversation that Jesus steps in our theme uh, passage for this series and we hear him say in Matthew 11 come walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it watch how I live a life that 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 creates space for cream a life of deep joy my best life a life defined by love and inner peace and deep joy a life that's got room for cream come watch how I do it and he says you know the secret guys is, is in learning the unforced rhythms of grace. Uh, say that out loud. The unforced rhythms, say it, of grace. Yeah. Type that in the chat. The unforced rhythms of grace. And so in our own way, we've been looking at how Jesus has been practicing the unforced rhythms of grace in his life. And as his apprentices, which he invites us to, 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 to be, We're trying to figure out how to replicate that. So here's one practice of an unforced rhythm of grace. Daily prayer. Jesus practiced daily prayer as though 
his life and his soul depended upon it. Because for Jesus, his life and soul did depend upon it. And so does ours. I was thinking about this. Why is it difficult for some of us to practice uh, daily prayer? And I think partly, partly it is because our definition of prayer is just too narrow. If you go to the All the Father prayer, which we usually call it that, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, the, the disciples come to Jesus and say, look, can you teach us how to pray? And, and, and Jesus gives them what we call rabbinical uh, teaching notes, really. That's, that's what we now call the All the Father prayer. They were principles of prayer. And one of those principles, give us this day our daily bread. Can somebody say, give it, give us, come on, give us, yeah, give us. And I call that simply uh, the request for provisions. And for many of us, our prayers simply consist of requests for provisions. Give me my rent money. Give me, come on, help me to get that, 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 that person that I want to date over there. You know, give me, you know, help me to get that promotion. Give me, give me. And, you know, that can only just go so far. God welcomes us to pray prayers asking for provision. He says, make your request known. But if that's all your prayer life is, it is just too narrow. But what if you started expanding your prayer life to, to include gratitude when you walk out and you see the beauty of the day and you can burst forth in spontaneous praise and give God praise for all the things that are going right in your life? And what if you expanded it to include intercession as you start praying for family members and friends and, and your colleagues and, and not just about yourself but your nation and your community? What if you included confession where you would go into the very presence of God and not hide anything from God, good thoughts and bad thoughts and good feelings and bad feelings and, 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 and know that you're safe being completely vulnerable to God. And what if you included what I call requests for guidance and wisdom? Lord, should I take that job? Should we move across the country? Should I date that person? Should I take that meeting? Which car should I purchase? Involve God into your everyday life. And what if it included not just uh, praising or interceding or owning your stuff, but you, you built in time to listen, to listen and to reflect and to journal. And what if prayer was an action like fasting? You see, in, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to be doing PF 40, prayer and fasting. Fasting is an act of prayer. Suddenly, prayer moves from being an, a, 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 a something that we do out of a sense of duty. It becomes a place of delight. I can't wait to run to that space to be with the Father. That was Jesus' attitude. You know, Coretta Scott King, uh, the wife of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., was a remarkable leader in her own right. It was through her leadership that we have the King Center in Atlanta that's doing amazing things across the world and across the country. It was through her leadership that we have the Martin Luther King holiday that we take for granted now, but it came through much hard fighting and wrestling with the government. Uh, a few months after the death of her husband, she was asked how was she coping with, these, uh, with raising these, uh, her, her little children. And she said, you know, I have had to learn to lean in on cosmic companionship. And she was talking about God. And she was talking about how in her own place of prayer, how she had discovered the presence and the power and the guidance 
of God. And how that was carrying her through. That is my, my goal as I teach through this series. That is a part of living your best life. It's seeing prayer as that place of delight that you run to, that you include in big and small ways through your day journey, daily journey. It is an unforced rhythm of grace. Jesus practiced it. There's another thing that Jesus practiced. I, I've labeled it today uh, the daily Sabbath rhythm. In a few moments, I'm going to talk about how the Sabbath day was established on the seventh day by God. But first, I, I, I want to I introduce you to, to a little insight. But let's remember what Jesus said uh, in the scripture that we just read. He's, he essentially said, we have it here, that the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. And what Jesus is saying is that humanity needs the Sabbath. You see, here's what I want you to get. That the Sabbath principle is the answer to one of your, is somebody's prayer. Someone is listening to me and you're saying, I'm just caught on the treadmill of life. I wish I could find a way to get off and catch my breath. The Sabbath is an answer to your prayer. Somebody's saying, I wish I could I spend more time with my, with my kids. They're growing up, and, and, but I, I, I'm just, I, I can't find the time. The Sabbath is an answer to your prayer. Somebody says, I, I really wish that, that I had more time to, 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 to do the things that are life-given. I talked about some of them a few moments ago, fishing or painting or knitting or, or, or doing some carpentry work, but I, I'm just too busy. The Sabbath is an answer to your prayer. First of all, we need to understand that the word Sabbath uh, essentially means to stop, to cease. But it also means to delight. And it's in this sense that I want to introduce you to something that is literally embedded into the creation story. Remember, on the seventh day, the Sabbath day is instituted. But watch this. Seven times during the course of the creation story between Day one and day six, uh, Jesus uh, demonstrates this behavior. It is a critical behavior. It aligns itself with healthy life. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, rhythm, of un, it's a rhythm of grace. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Here's the formula that you'll read. God saw blank was good. And every time you read the word God saw, you want to think not just he observed, but you want to think he observed, he he, 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 he explored it, he experienced it, and therefore concluded, he enjoyed it. He delighted in it and declared it was good. Here's some quick examples of this notion. In verse 3 of Genesis chapter 1, it says, look, God said, let there be light. There was light. And God saw that the light was good. It is as though God is there in the midst of the light. And he's, 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 he's fully surrounded. And he's experiencing it. And he's allowing himself to delight in it. And then he goes back to creating. And then in verse 10, God called the dry ground land and the water seas. And God saw that it was good. He stopped and observed, explored, experienced it, delighted in it. <clears throat> and then the seventh time comes in verse 31. And here's what it says. Then God looked 
over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. The crown, we looked at everything. It wasn't just good, it was very good. This notion of, notice what he says. It says he looked over. It's like he surveyed. He walked through. He, he, he delighted, took his time, and delighted in the different aspects of creation. Now, do you see the rhythm? Do you see the rhythm? God creates, creates, and he pauses and delights. He creates, he creates, and he pauses and delights. He creates, he creates, he pauses and he delights. That's what I call the rhythm of Sabbath. The Sabbath rhythm, this this notion that every day that we live, that we need to make sure that we're not just running from project to project, from assignment to assignment, from accomplishment to accomplishment, but we need to pause and smell the roses, pause, and, and when we have an accomplishment, stop and celebrate, give God praise for it. Punctuate your life by extracting the beauty and the joy from life along the way. Now, the Sabbath day actually trains us how to do this. And so, one rhythm of grace that Jesus practiced, daily prayer. Another rhythm of grace is he lived a life that was shaped by this, what I'm calling the Sabbath rhythm. He was never too busy, right? He was busy a lot, but never too busy. He found ways to engage with the cream in his life. Create room for cream. In this relationship, in this activity, he practiced finally this last rhythm. I call it a weekly day of delight. I want you to say it out loud. A weekly day of delight. That is the intent behind God creating the Sabbath day. What is, it? what is a weekly day of delight? It's the Sabbath day. Jesus practiced it every week. He had once a week, he had a weekly day of delight. I want to invite you who are listening to me to inaugurate in your life a weekly day of delight. Notice what Genesis 2 says as God sets this in motion. He builds this literally into the DNA of creation. He says, it says, on the seventh day, six days he worked. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested. The word, say rested. The Hebrew word behind the word rested is sabbat. He, he rested. He stopped. He stopped from all his work. In, in, 20, in this year, we need to inaugurate a principle in our lives where at least once a week we rest. We stop from all our work. I told you the Sabbath was going to be an answer to somebody's prayer. God has embedded it right here in this principle. As a matter of fact, this principle is so important that when God got ready to give birth and formation to the nation of Israel, he gave them kind of their constitution, Ten Commandments. And one of the critical, as a matter of fact, the longest of the Ten Commandments is found in relationship to the Sabbath. Verse 8, here's what he says. Remember the Sabbath. Oh, it's easy to forget. Remember, shout remember. Remember the Sabbath. Day. This is the part of the Ten Commandments. And by keeping it holy, set aside, separate, it's a day of rest and worship and delight. Six days, he says, you shall labor and do all your work. Shout all your work. 
But the seventh day, well, it is a Sabbath. It is a stop day. It is a day of delight. Set apart for the Lord your God. Own it. You shall not do any, shout any, any work. Any work. I'm not, any, can you just say any work? I want you to make sure you get this. Right? All right, let me just give you some quick things real quickly. First of all, uh, in the Jewish context, and and I told you this is built into the Ten Commandments. The Jewish community has been practicing this ever since their existence. Matter of fact, there's a Christian group called the Seventh-day Adventists. They, too, have been practicing it religiously. And and there's been scientific data that demonstrates it's made a difference in the longevity and the health of their life. Practicing the Sabbath. Now, the first thing is I want you to notice the rhythm that we tend to go against. Six days work, one day rest. Six days work, one day rest. Now, in the Jewish context, the Sabbath day is a 24-hour period from Friday night to Saturday night, meaning primarily centered around Saturday. Uh, uh, The Resurrection of Jesus took place on the first day of the week. For the Jews, that's the first day of the week is Sunday. So Jesus' followers inaugurated uh, Christian Sabbath on Sunday. We call it the Lord's Day. The point here is not to get trapped in legality about a particular day, because some of us are working through the weekends. You can't do that. But the suggestion, the point here is six days work and one day rest. You may have to pick your own Sabbath day. But it's the day that you rest from working. The second insight I want you to get is the Sabbath is not your day off. Because when we take a day off, you know, we're off from public work. But, you know, we're washing clothes and going to the cleaners and and shopping and and paying bills and and doing maintenance to the car. We're working and we're throwing some recreation inside that. And that's a wonderful day. That's your day off. But that's different from a Sabbath day. A Sabbath day is really defined by rest and by by worship. I'll talk about what I mean by that in a moment. And at the very center of it, it's a sense of delight. Shout delight. Delight. Now, I've got some people listening to me. You say, well, look, man, you just don't have my job because my job requires me to be on 24-7. If not, our productivity will fall and, and the amount of money that I'm making will decrease. And, and the things that I'm trying to accomplish or accumulate, will, I'll lose out on them. Let me tell you a story about Chick-fil-A. Simple story. Some of you may have known it. The founders of Chick-fil-A are Christians. They decided that they were going to build Chick-fil-A. It's a wonderful hamburger place. You see it there, just like Burger King, McDonald's, so forth and so on. They were going to build their, their company in a way to create room in the lives of their employees for the cream. Meaning, they would be shut down on Sundays. They would honor the Sabbath day, the Christian Sabbath day. And people made fun of them and said they would never succeed, that, that all of their competition, you know, that the weekends when they made their most profit, when people are off from work, you're going to be shut down. On, you will never make it. And the fact of the matter is, Chick-fil-A is, continues to be one of the fastest growing uh, chains across America. And not only does it perform does its performance match that of its competitors? In many places across the country, it exceeds that of its competitors. Yeah. 
Listen. You unleash the unlimited power of God in your life when you respect your own limitations. Wow. Honor, remember the Sabbath. God will bless. All right. So, in the Sabbath, the context of the Sabbath, God rests. Not because he needed to regenerate, because he's inexhaustible, but the second understanding of Sabbath, because he delighted. The same things he was doing through the process of creation, he now, a whole day, he delights. God delights. Interesting. You know, uh, when I grew up in Cushada, as a small kid, I didn't have an appreciation for the Sabbath. As a town, we practiced the Sabbath. Life slowed down in a town that was already slow. <laughs> Here's the deal. So on Sunday, we were in church half the day. We got out of church. Uh, There's no movies you could go to. All the stores were closed. Most of the activities that I enjoyed doing, my parents would not allow me to do it because it was Sunday. It was a Sabbath day. It felt like a, a boring day. Well, of course, I grew up, became a passing preacher, and have come to appreciate uh, but as a matter of fact, that doesn't even exist anymore. I mean, Sunday uh, as a Sabbath day, as a concept in my little town, it's gone. It's blown. It's just like it's gone for most of America. We, it's, it's, you know, 24-7. That's what we do in America now. Boom, 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 boom. But I didn't fully understand this notion of Sabbath until I went to Jerusalem, over, in the nation, over to Israel and visited uh, Jerusalem. And one evening when the Sabbath came, all of a sudden I was in the street and all of a sudden the street filled with people and there came festival and singing. And I'd learned later that uh, people were going to the Sabbath services in synagogue, but, but a lot of people weren't going to Sabbath services, but they were inaugurating the, the Sabbath in their own home, sitting around their table. The family would gather. They would light a candle. They would read some scriptures. They would say some prayers, and then they would launch forth in festival and feasting and joy. And for 24 hours, I mean, the streets filled up with, I went, I went what's going on here? And somebody shouted, it's Sabbath, it's Sabbath, it's Sabbath. Because somebody shout the light. Wouldn't it be great if, if, if your understanding of Sabbath was, was shaped by this notion? It is a day of delight. It's intended to be a day of delight. Let me read this quote from Dan Allender, who wrote the book Sabbath. Here's what he says. He says, Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it is the best day of the week. It is the day we anticipate on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. He's thinking about the Sabbath in the traditional sense, Friday night to Saturday night. It is the day that we remember on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Sabbath is the holy time where we feast and play and dance and have sex, presumably with people you're married to, and sing and pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, Walk, watch creation in its fullness. Few people, he says, are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it to make it holy because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. He says the Sabbath should be the place where we create room 
for the cream. Why don't you think about the Sabbath as an answer to your prayer? As you consider whether or not you want to inaugurate the Sabbath, here's a question I want to suggest that you, you ask. I saw this question from John Mark Homer. It's a fabulous question, though. Here it is, the Sabbath question. What could I do for 24 hours that would fill my soul with a deep, throbbing joy that would, that would make me spontaneously combust with wonder and awe and gratitude and praise? That's the question. So God rested. God delighted. Saba, Saba. And God blessed it. In the creation story, God blesses three times. The first time this we learn that God blesses is with, the, with the, uh, the creation of the animal kingdom. Here it is in verse uh, 21. And God saw that it was good, the creation of the animal kingdom. Then God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. And let the fish fill the seas. And it goes on and on. The second time we find God blessing is at the creation of humankind. Here's what the text says. And God blessed them, meaning humankind, and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and govern it. Notice that fill the earth and replenish and so forth. The third time we find that God is blessing is, is really what we just read a few moments ago in verse 3 of chapter 2. And, the, the, and then God blessed the seventh day. He made it holy. Why? is the explanation because on it he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done what is the connection between those three blessings each one of those examples produce new life there's a procreation if you will that is taking place in each one of those examples that for those of us who would dare to practice a Sabbath in our lives, what, 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 what the, in the teaching here is, that new life will be born in your mental health, that new life will be born in your biology and your immune system, that new life will be born among your relationships and the people who are dear to you, that you literally stop working for 24 hours. And the person says, well, I don't think that I can do that. You know, things will fall apart. Listen, at best, that is an illusion, and at worst, that is an addiction. Yeah, yeah. God's answer for addictions and illusions is Sabbath. You know, I remember Dr. Byron Coleman, who was one of my elders at the first church I pastored back in Faith Presbyterian Church, and I was running doing everything. And she came to me one day, and she says, Reverend, let me tell you, she said, don't you let these people kill you, all this stuff you think you got to do, and if you don't do it, it won't get done. She says, listen, you will die. They will come to your funeral. They will see your corpse lying in the casket, and they will look at you and say, he sure does look natural. <laughs> and then they will proceed to move on, and all that stuff you thought wouldn't happen without you will happen. The Sabbath is God's answer for our illusions and our addictions around work and lastly uh, he rested he delighted he blessed it Sabbath is also intended to be a day of rest but also a day of worship 
that the category that we should be using to decide what do we do or what we don't do on Sabbath should be, you know, is it restful and is it worshipful? Here's what the text says. This is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy, set it apart for himself. It's a day of worship. Does it include music and prayer and scripture? Of course it could. As a matter of fact, I suggest if you get ready to inaugurate the Sabbath in your life, you should do what they do in Jerusalem and in other places across the world, the Jewish community and their homes. They, they take a few moments and they read scripture, they light a candle, they read scripture, they say some prayers, and then they proceed. They move into the Sabbath experience. They move into the Sabbath would you dare to consider it? Yeah, this Sabbath experience. You know, I told you um, in the introduction that P4, uh, PF40, 40 days moving towards Easter, we're engaged in prayer and fasting that I had something, a different approach we might want to suggest to you this, this year. I'm going to talk to my family, my household, that over the course of the six weeks as we move towards Easter, you know what, that we, that we pilot a weekly Sabbath, a 24-hour period where we disconnect from work. We focus on family. We focus on fun. We focus on friends. We spend some time rejuvenating ourselves, and, 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 and we, we delight in the creation of God. We delight in the gifts that God has given us as family and friends and all of the stuff I've kind of talked about, and we delight in God himself. That's what it means to worship, not just to be in a church setting, but it means to have a life oriented towards God. That on that day, that as I engage with life around me, I see life as a gift and as a blessing, as an expression of the glory of God. Even, even the burrito that I may be eating and enjoying, I'm, 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 I'm oriented towards God. What a gift, what a blessing, an expression of God's love and grace in my life. That's worship. That's worship. Pray about giving it a try. Another rhythm of grace that we learn from Jesus who practiced this will create room for the cream. All right, here's your homework. 15 minutes, we're practicing quiet time every week, so 15 minutes of quiet time. Continue to read through the Gospel of Mark. If you're just joining us for the very first time, you can start. Uh, journal as you read and use this question to shape your journaling. Where do I find rest uh, and delight in this week's reading? Okay? All right. God bless you. And uh, Lord, bless us as we internalize this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, guys, Pastor Rick Warren says we become what we commit to. This is an opportunity to take a step in faith and make a commitment. So scan the QR code right here on the connection card. It's going to take you to next steps with Jesus on our connection card. And this could be your day that you decide, listen, I want to make Jesus not only Lord of my today and my tomorrow, but Lord and Redeemer of my destiny. I want to follow him. I want to be one of his apprentices, his disciples. Simply check that and says, I want to be a Jesus follower. And there's some other options there for you as well. Now, I want you to take note also of our uh, message response. Read it 
Let's read it together. I will pray about honoring a weekly day of delight, a Sabbath day. Let me just make this suggestion. I, I hinted at it in the message. Perhaps you want to set aside 24 hours during the course of your week that you're going to honor as a Sabbath day over the six-week period of time during our PF40. I want to encourage you to pray and think about that. Process that with people in your family if you need to do so. Okay? Take a picture of this reflection question. Wrestle with it. Uh, what is the primary obstacle or obstacles to my stopping and resting one day a week? All right. Let's lean into that question. 